Hey everyone, my name is Tom Pullen and this is the School of Obedience. Welcome and thank you for joining today. Touch not my anointed. If you've ever been anywhere near the charismatic or Pentecostal movements, you would have heard this phrase, which is taken from Scripture. This phrase that is taken from Scripture is used as a threat from the so-called men or women of God to their congregations, preachers who promote themselves or their ministries as anointed, warn their would-be critics, do not touch God's anointed. Of course, this helps to insulate them from scrutiny and allows them to spread falsehood and bad theology unrestrained. I mean, these people basically have given themselves a blank check with this phrase, touch not my anointed. And when I say blank check, I mean to do whatever they want to do. It creates a cult-style do-as-you-are-told atmosphere. The so-called anointed individual gets to do as they please without consequence. Because dare you say anything, you will suffer the wrath of God for touching his anointed. That's what they tell you. And this man, this figure, this leader chosen and set apart by God supposedly is exalted up there and bellows whatever he wants to over the pulpit and says that I have a word from God. God speaks to me. I have a revelation from God. And sometimes the nonsense that this individual is saying does not tie up with Scripture, but you cannot question them. You cannot measure the teaching against the Word of God because don't you dare touch the anointed of God. And so many people have been trapped in churches, afraid to leave. So many people are sitting in churches right now looking for truth. They're not finding truth because they're afraid to leave because if they say what they're learning is incorrect, they're touching the anointed of God. But on the other hand, you also get people who take God's command, don't touch my anointed or do my prophets no harm, to mean that Christians are promised protection from all bad things. Work is going to be perfect. Life is just going to be smooth sailing for them because you cannot touch the anointed of God and you cannot do his prophets any Um, I must tell you this before we go any further. These two verses that we are going to read in a moment are used out of context, especially by those that use it as a threat to those who would dare question these men of God. And a lot of these churches that at some point in your time at the church you will hear a teaching of how this individual is called by God and their wonderful story of how they were called and an angel appeared or the stars were floating in the sky or whatever fairy tale they tell. And you will hear that verse, touch not the anointed of God, or you'll have a curse in your life. And they'll tell you of how the boys laughed at Elisha's bald head and were devoured by bears, and instill fear into people with the threat of the wrath of God or a curse. But let's look at the verses that they use. 
the one problem that I have with the modern day church, or can I call it what it is, the false church, is this business of picking out a single verse and then writing on a whole theme based on a single verse. Yet the Bible was not written in chapter and verse format. So you've got to read to get the full context of what the scripture is saying. And yes, you can pick out a single verse and use a single verse in context. Not just create some fictional story and then call it Revelation. Okay, let's read the Bible. It's a bit of a long read, but we have to understand what the Bible is saying. So listen carefully. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse from verse 1 up to verse 22. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering, the burnt offering and the peace offering, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief, and next to him Zechariah, Jael, and Shemiramoth, and Jehiel, and Matithia, and Eliab, and Benaniah, and Obadidim, and Jeliel, with psalteries and with harps. But Asaph made a sound with cymbals. Benaniah also and Jehiel the priest with trumpets continually before the ark of the covenant of God. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. And this is the psalm. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Israel, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Be ye mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, even of the covenant which he made with Abraham, and of his oath unto Isaac, and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when ye were but few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they went from nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Can you see the full context of this? Let's read Psalms 105, which is the same thing, verse 1 to 15. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. 
talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham, and his oath unto Isaac, and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and unto Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying unto thee, Will I give thee the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when they were but a few men in number, yea, very few, and strangers in it, when they went forth from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Those are the two portions of scripture where the phrase touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm is mentioned. As we can see the context of these two verses, David is praising God publicly by giving a history of Israel. Just a brief history, can I say a summarized or condensed history of Israel and how God has kept his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, basically saying that no one and nothing could stop God from fulfilling his promises, even when there were a few in number. Talking about the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when they wandered about in the land and there were few in number, God was still able to keep his promise. Remember when Abraham went down into Egypt and his wife was taken by Pharaoh. That's what he's talking about. It says, God is the one who said to the kings, touch not my anointed. Listen to me. This portion of scripture is not about modern day preachers. This portion of scripture is not about the modern day church. It is about the children of Israel. It is about God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how God kept his promises with them. This portion of scripture is not a threat to the people of God or the saints of the church that they must allow their leaders to do whatever they want to do because if they don't, God will curse them. And we can look at the story with David and Saul when David had the opportunity to kill Saul and David says, touch not the anointed of God. That is David's good nature and good character, refusing to kill Saul and be a man that is not honorable. It is not because David is afraid of a curse and that God is going to kill him. That's not what it's about. It's not about not being sure about a sermon that is being taught and feeling that it's anti-Christ and anti-Bible and being afraid to question that sermon because you don't want to touch the anointed of God. It's not about remaining in a church or a congregation that is abusive with leaders that are abusive and taking advantage of you and manipulating you and you're afraid to speak out. You're afraid to stand up for yourself. You're afraid to leave because you don't want to 
touch the anointed of God. That is not what it's about. This verse is about the children of Israel. The command from God, do not touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm, was for a specific group of people for a specific time. God preserved the patriarchs from physical harm by telling kings of nations, do not touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm. No one today can quote First Chronicles 16.22 to deflect criticism or silence challenges. There's not one apostle in the New Testament who ever told anyone, do not touch God's anointed as a means of insulating himself from being criticized or being challenged. Another thing that I must point out is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Listen to this. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit into our hearts. What this verse is saying is that God is the one who established Paul and his co-workers and the believing Corinthians in Christ. We are called by God and we are established in Christ by God. In other words, Paul is not over and above the Corinthians in his value or worth to God, nor are the Corinthians over him. They have both been established in Christ by God. And the evidence of this is that God has anointed them with the Holy Spirit. We are anointed as the church in Christ, not an anointed individual who is God's favorite. That you cannot question that when they do something unjust, if you mention it or bring it up, if you dare to do that, you'll face the wrath of God because this individual is God's favorite. This individual is anointed. So when they teach a word, even though that word goes against the word of God, you cannot say anything because you're touching the anointed of God. I remember years ago, a preacher preached a, a sermon and basically in that sermon, he says that sometimes God has favorites. And basically he was implying that those who are anointed and set apart to minister the gospel are sort of God's favorites. So you've got to be careful what you say about them. We were even told that when your family who are not saved speak about these individuals, these preachers, you have to stand against your family because you have to defend the anointed man of God. And then what happens when you get kicked out of your family home? What happens when you dishonor your parents and get kicked out of your family home? Listen, people, we've been deceived and the Bible has been used as a weapon to give people power over you. I remember many, many years ago when I was a young man, I was attending a church conference and there was a guest speaker who came and he taught a sermon which said uh, something about holding ladders, who's holding your ladder. And in that sermon, what he was saying is that 
the preacher, the man that is set over the church. He's the one chosen by God to be the visionary, to be the special guy. And the saints and the congregation and the leadership of that church are ladder holders. So we have to hold the ladder in order to support whatever this man is doing. Not, not support what he's doing, but support his climb, his, his, his excel, his ascension is the right word. We have to hold the ladder firm and stable to support this man's ascension. And we are all ladder holders. Listen to me, people. Christianity is about Christ. It is not about the man behind the pulpit. In fact, the man behind the pulpit is supposed to be leading you to Christ. That man standing behind the pulpit, that man with the microphone in his hand, is not Christ. Only when that man brings the gospel of Jesus Christ is he honorable. Only when that man brings the gospel of Jesus Christ are his feet beautiful. But that individual is not exalted above reproach, is not exalted above correction, is not exalted above truth. And this is for you, is not exalted above you. You do not have to be held in bondage in a congregation that is not operating according to Scripture under a leadership that is not operating according to scripture because you are afraid to touch to to touch the anointed of god listen don't gossip about people don't go around condemning leaders in the churches and condemning other saints in the churches but when something is not right you have the permission to go with humility with scripture and ask questions and if your questions are not satisfied, the Bible says, in fact, Christ says, go with witnesses. And if still it's not satisfied, bring it before the congregation. With this threat of touch not mine anointed, we've given these leaders freedom to do and say whatever they want to do and live however they want to live and then put oppressive conditions upon the saints. And the problem is, a lot of you, your souls are at risk. Your salvation is in danger because you're afraid to ask questions. I want to close with this. If you find that you're in a false church with false teachers, you have a right to raise concerns. But for the sake of your faith, the best is to run as fast as you can and as far away as you are able. Let me read something to you. The book of Titus chapter 3 verse 10 and 11. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. And basically, let this be a principle for the way you deal with people who are dishonest, who are living an unbiblical life, who cause division, who cause frustration, hurt, anger in your life. Talk to them once or twice. Have nothing to do with them afterwards. If somebody ever tells you when you ask them and you say, Pastor, this is the sermon you preached. 
but it doesn't tie up with scripture and they tell you, touch not the anointed of God. Leave. Find a place where Christ is exalted, where truth is preached, and where the man of God that is there is humble enough to be corrected by scripture as well, is accountable enough for your soul to listen to your concerns and respond to those concerns accordingly. But if you are in a place that is bringing anger, frustration, and destruction, leave. Let's read one more portion of scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. And this lovers of pleasure than lovers of God, it doesn't mean that people are out there clubbing. It doesn't mean people are out there drinking and dancing in the club. It means that the church will become a place of entertainment rather than a place of connecting with God and teaching the Word of God. You're going to be getting young people jumping up and down, screaming, going crazy in the church and acting the fool and not repenting and not turning to Christ. Listen, an altar call that brings people to the front to jump and scream and dance is not an altar call. Somebody saying that, oh Jesus, I receive you in my heart, is not transformation. Transformation is how they live after the fact. So we're going to love pleasure in the church. And this is what you see these days. You know, when you're looking on, on, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and you see people post, especially on, on TikTok, you see people posting that, oh, church was lit today, and then they've got those fire emojis. Church was lit today. No conviction, no fear for Christ. It's about the hype, jumping, screaming, dancing, winding in church. And you see some of the mess that's going on. They love pleasure. They're coming to church for pleasure and not for God. And then what does the church do? We entertain that carnal desire. We no longer bring Christ to people. We no longer bring truth to people. We bring entertainment and we call it lit church. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. How do you deny the power of God? Who is the power of God? The gospel is the power of God. Therefore, Christ is the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God to do what? To bring salvation. To who? To those that believe. But what happens is these, these churches and these events, they have an appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. What does that mean? They do not bring the gospel. They do not bring the truth. They bring hype, excitement, games, dancing, enjoy yourself. They bring the lit atmosphere. 
but they deny the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anyway, I digressed a little bit. It says, avoid such people. Don't go there. You've got no business being in a place that is not accountable to Scripture, that is not accountable to the saints. And they say, touch not my anointed. I just want to repeat one thing. The verse, touch not my anointed, was for a specific people and a specific time. You understand? It is not to threaten people. Don't talk about the man of God. Even if you see him sinning, touch not the anointed of God. People, be careful in whose hands you put your soul. Be careful in whom you trust your salvation to. Trust in Jesus Christ. Hope in Jesus Christ. Live after Jesus Christ. Follow those who are following Christ. Those are the true leaders. Follow those who teach the word and teach the truth. And when something is a mess, call it out. I hope you heard. God bless you. Thank you for joining. Please subscribe if you have not. Leave a like on this video if you'd like to. And those who'd like to participate with us or say thanks to us, there's a thanks button. There's a join button if you'd like to assist the ministry going forward. There's also a link to the Patreon page if you'd like to participate with us. You know, do what you've got to do, but please do it prayerfully. God bless you. Thank you for that. And remember, as true disciples of Christ, we learn, we practice, we teach. My name is Don Pullen. This has been the School of Obedience. God bless you. Have a great week. I'm out.